Welcome back to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. Here, we're dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcome challenges with creative growth hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop! We got a little story for you, Ags. Tim Douglas, Fighting Texas Aggie class of 2005, graduated with a philosophy degree, and then he started working in the creative marketing space. Tim, along with his brother, who is also a philosophy major, have created Fidelis Creative Agency, a company that helps brands find their voice and to say it loud. So pass it back and listen up to Tim as he shares some good bolts. Welcome back, Ags. We've got another amazing Aggie entrepreneur. I would like to welcome Tim Douglas, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2005. Whoop. <laughs> Tim and his brother Mark are CEOs, co-founders. Tim is the CEO of Fidelis Creative Agency, a full-service branding agency here in Bryan College Station, Texas. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Oh, man, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, guys. I know we've known each other for gosh, probably two or three years. I've really just uh, enjoyed getting to know you and working together with some clients. But we also, one of the things that we share and uh, you and I actually were able to share in a, a favorite Aggie memory just a couple of weeks ago, going to uh, the home opening fo- football game. But uh, if I can ask you to think back into your college days, what's your favorite Aggie memory back back in the day? My favorite Aggie memory, and I'm admittedly a regretful I was pretty bad two percenter. However, I think the thing that really made a difference for me was meeting all of my friends. My I I met my wife while I was in college, and I grew in love with Bryan, Texas, which is not College Station, Texas, but I also <laughs> yeah. love College Station, <laughs> and so I'm still here. I stuck around after college, and we developed a business, and so for me. It wasn't even just the college experience. It was the whole thing, all of it. Well, I really like that. You know, it's very rare that we have such a great two percenter that on our show, you know, but you know, hey, I was one of those two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the fullest two percent. Yeah. (laughs) So give us your three sentence version of your elevator pitch. And because you're you're brand guy, I'm super interested in this. All right. All right. Let me do one better. Let me tell you our mission statement, which I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. And so we start with why. So Fidelis exists because we help businesses find their voice and get loud because we believe that successful business is inherently good. That's a packed sentence. So you got to like unpack inherently good what that might mean. But you might think of us like speech therapists for brands. That's in a nutshell what we do. Nice. Nice. So what what got you into doing what you're doing and why are you passionate about that? Not surprising to the 2% thing. And I, I rag on philosophy majors all the time, but I was a philosophy major, uh, as was my brother and co-founder. We got into this really out of, I don't want to say insatiable curiosity, but it was more of a dogged questioning line of thinking. So I started in media. And I started with companies doing whatever they needed me to do, like whatever you could possibly need photographed or videoed, I'm your guy. And through that process and developing really solid relationships with people, I started asking the question, why? 
what do you need these headshots for? Why does this help you? Why do you care? And what does a good product do for you? Is this is this image or this piece of work, is this going to help your bottom line? Or is this going to help your culture? Any of those kinds of things. Eventually, over time, I actually started getting real responses and people would start being honest with me the more they trusted me. And they would th- say things like, we don't really know. We're just ticking boxes. Like <laughs> the boss <laughs> told us to do this. <laughs> I've read on the internet that I need to have a Facebook post. So yeah, do that. I don't know. Social media seems important. Right. Facebook is something that matters for our <laughs> architecture firm <laughs> for some reason. What I started helping them with was that. I'm like, well, let me kind of give you some context for what to do with this media. That grew and grew and you it's like cracking an egg and you don't really know where to stop. And eventually I'm down in the trenches with them asking them, why are you in business at all? If your answer to me is to make money, one, I respect it. But two, there's more in life than that. So let's talk about what you're really doing for your employees. What are you really doing for the community? Why do you care to do this? Are you going to do this till you're 80? So you just get into people's lives and you get into the understanding of business. And all of a sudden you're answering questions with them about their company and why they exist and what what they can do ultimately to connect with their customers better. Now you mentioned Simon Simon Sinek, right? Maybe our our followers don't know who that is. He he wrote Start with Why, right? And he he had a, a really awesome I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek as well. So is that what you dig into is is on that why? Yeah. So Simon Sinek, he has this if you want like a really brief introduction to him, he's got this TED talk that's really amazing. But he talks about the core of culture, the core of company culture being your why. And so for us, that's our mission statement. And our why is because we believe that successful business is inherently good. It's good. It's a vehicle by which blessing, it's a vehicle by which prosperity and value is brought into the earth. That's business. That's what it does. And so we want to help that. Now, as much as I can express that, Chris and Greg, you might be like, hey, me too. Like, actually, I believe that I want to, I want in on that too, hopefully. Right. I don't know, but absolutely, that's how, that's how people <laughs> connect. They connect over those things. And so helping, be, helping businesses express that in clear, articulate, simple, but loud ways for us, that's like a huge, that's just like a massive win when a company really does that nicely. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you blend two philosophy majors into brand experts. I mean, because (laughs) as you're saying that, I mean, seriously, I'm thinking that is really deep. That's very philosophical. But to be able to to say there is value and intrinsic value to be able to to communicate that. So well done, sir. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, Tim, we talked with a lot of entrepreneurs since the beginning of 2020. And obviously, every single business as dealing with COVID, is impacted by COVID. What's one of the surprising challenges that COVID has presented you and your team with and how have you hacked it? How have you overcome it? Well, on an operations side, a lot of our staff was already remote. I mean, we have my right-hand man, the the integrator role, if you follow ES, EOS, is he's up in Nacogdoches. So we were already kind of doing the remote thing. We had producers in Houston and video creators in Houston, kind of all over Texas, wherever you need us to be. It's kind of the cost of doing business, isn't it, mm-hmm. here in Texas? So operationally, it was not too bad for us to just the first hint of an issue 
we're like, all right, everybody work from home and we're good to go. We were already working on systems like EOS and working through our own, like Basecamp is a big deal in our office. Right. So we were already working that way. What really became more for us were the challenges that our clients were working through, you know, so, hey, we have to put out, we have to put out a big message about COVID and what we're doing and mm-hmm. and that. And we work with a lot of business to business and we work with a lot of blue collar type services. And what they started asking us for was guidance on how do you navigate all of that cultural ups and downs stuff. So our general route through it, was, okay, let's listen to your mission statement. How do you actually match up what COVID concern you have to your mission? Does it affect it? Does it not? Now we can talk on that level. I also sit on the board of of a nonprofit and they wanted to have a big message about Black Lives Matter, another really big issue this year. Mm -hmm. And same thing. We went back to the mission statement. How does that match up? Are you actually true to the mission? And so then a lot of companies had to pivot to digital campaigns where they had been sponsoring Little League games. Like that's a very practical thing. So all of a sudden we're having to like onboard a bunch of digital marketing where they had been spending their money in more tangible ways. So for us, the challenges was to like adjust on the spot for a lot of our clients. Yeah. So did you solve that by the systems that you said you we were working on? You're obviously passionate about clear communication and you're passionate about having um, a clear vision, anyone who knows anything about EOS. So how did you overcome come that? Systematically. The systems actually engaged. And what we found was that COVID ended up being an activator for people who had kind of been sitting on their hands for the last couple of years because things were fine. All all of a sudden they're not. And it really put a big magnifying glass on a bunch of holes. Turns out your marketing strategy wasn't really a strategy. It was just the thing your dad had always done. And so what it did was it allowed, it really gave us an opportunity to talk a lot with our clients about, okay, here's a sales funnel. Here's how you bring people into the top. Mm -hmm. Here's what conversion metrics are. Here's what tracking is all about. And so then it was like, it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise for a lot of our clients because all of a sudden they get to talk and think about their business in more systematic ways. Yeah. But that's also got to feel so gratifying to you to know that your systems worked and that what you built is actually executing even at a time of stress and uncertainty. Yeah, it is a little gratifying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, it was, it was for us, it was really good. I mean, we're, you don't want to be the guy in the room saying, oh yeah, COVID was awesome, but the, it, it did have its blessings in disguise for sure. Right. Yeah. And I agree on that. There's been a lot of businesses that have had to pivot. They've had to adjust. Their marketing is just one of the things, right? Operations, like what you were just saying is another thing. I mean, I helped a lot of my clients transition to more remote, just doing exactly this right here on on Zoom. And a lot of them are saying they're not going back. And one of them, for sure, he's a lawyer up in Fort Worth. They're getting rid of completely their their office. So so speaking of which, is there anything that you're not going to bring back? The only thing I can really think of, so there was a time mid-COVID that we were like, no, this works. Like We're going to go full remote. The challenge that we have is by the nature of creative services, when we're talking about campaigns and we're talking about brand message and when we're talking about 
how do you get atten- attention and differentiators and all those? There's so much of our world that is collaborative that I've backtracked on wanting to take everything remote. And now I'm like, no, I want people in, I mean, there people are here right now yeah. where I'm like, I, I want you around so that we can work stuff out. Communication. Capture some better. of that magic. Yeah. How do you develop a inside joke over Zoom? Like, <laughs> how does that, how can you even? And so the culture part of it is still really important to me. Now, that said, I was under contract for a really large space until about a week before COVID hit. And just blessing of the Lord, I guess. We got out of that contract and we're like, we just not, something doesn't feel right. And we're not really wanting to go down this road. Things are not like they should be. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I don't know that I want to go down that road. Like, you know, brick and mortar for when the world is turning way more into a digital space. So that's a, that's a consideration that I'm taking a lot slower than I would have a year ago. So it sounds like you're kind of, it, it could go either way, right? That you're good virtually or you're good you know, in person. Yeah. And that, I mean, if you want to know what I think about, these are some of the things I'm thinking about pretty regularly is where do I fall on this? Yeah. And and how do you blend the two of them? Right. And I'm in no hurry to answer that question. That's kind of the other side of it is this is kind of working right now. Right. Well, Tim, aside from what you've already kind of told us about and and how you and your your business and have been impacted by COVID, I'm going to ask you to to kind of take a step back out of your business and into your industry. So what are some big changes that are happening in your industry and how are you positioning your, you and your team to capture that? So one of the biggest changes I've seen is what it means for marketers that worked at these large firms. From my understanding, and this is more of just looking at numbers than it is, and, and it's a little bit intuition, right now, these big marketing agencies and these big internal marketing agencies to these larger brands are throwing off a lot of talent. I know that nationally, the US unemployment rate is higher than it should be. But specifically in marketing, this is one of the ways that companies control their costs. It's by, well, we got to let some people go who are the first ones to let go, typically marketers. I've got an intern that just graduated college. The intern can do my Facebook for now. I don't need to spend a marketer. <laughs> yeah, we, we hear about this a lot, right? Like, and so do I need that marketing team intern? I mean, I say all of this to say, this is usually really good times for agencies because all of those marketing needs are still, they still exist. You just don't have the talent to cover the need. And so a lot of larger companies are, are looking at agencies to cover some of that, that spread. There's a lot of variables in there. For our industry, it means that talent is more readily available. Hiring is a little bit easier. It means that bigger companies are now looking for agencies. And so there's just opportunity. Dr. David Flint at Mays. Yeah, great guy. Fantastic. And was talking to him. He was like, yeah, during these times of big upheaval are also the times for the greatest opportunity. You just have to be positioned and Mm -hmm. your eyes open and capable of catching. That doesn't mean you're going to be capable of it, but it's there if you can get it. So there's a lot of change. Yeah, I agree on that. So, you know, 
as we're talking about your business at this point and, and talking about how, how we're kind of looking in the crystal ball and, and seeing what's coming around the corner, right? What's your big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG? You know, what is your 10-year moonshot? And was it this? is it the same as what it was before COVID or has that changed at all? Heavy on the audacious. Are y'all, are y'all familiar with Ogilvy? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But Ogilvy, he was one of the madmen, one of the marketing guys on in Manhattan. Okay. And he started an agency that, I mean, it was huge. And he wrote the definitive book, Ogilvy on Advertising. And inside of those firms, much like on the show Mad Men, they would do everything. They would do creative, they would do campaign, they would do ad spin, they would do ad design, they would do all the PR, everything. When companies started specializing and digital became so prevalent, they would break up into these you know, I'm, I am the, the Facebook person. I am the Instagram person. I'm the PPC. I'm the analytics guy. Like mm-hmm. there were, it would break up. Big, hairy, audacious goal is I want an Ogilvy style company. That's where I think that the value is lost by all that breaking up. I call it Frankenstein. People will, business owners are left to Frankenstein their company. Mm-hmm they go out and they hire a web designer and that guy doesn't ever talk to the the campaign builder who doesn't ever talk to the person who prints the business cards. Like there's just so much confusion created by all of these different services breaking up. So my goal is to keep it tight and keep it bound for my clients so that all of those pieces speak to each other, that they are all collect- collectively cohesive. Right now I do this for small and middle market clients. Ogilvy still exists, by the way. They handle Audi. They handle, they're international. They're huge. So please don't come after me, Ogilvy, for mentioning your name on this. <laughs> but I do think that there is... Unless it's with the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome is what I mean. You know, the middle market in a small business doesn't have access to that type of raw power. But Tim, that is so hard to pull together because you're talking about having anyone that has, has seriously delved into any of the algorithms and it, it's Facebook's like a Chia pet. You got to water it every get day. You got to tell it's pretty. You got to make sure that you're engaged. That's so hard to do. And that's one platform. You're talking about bringing creatives that have the analytical skills in all of the platforms and and changing platforms, TikTok and all that stuff that's going on. That's huge. But that's a big ask for you to even find those people and attract them. Right. Yeah, I know. That's my 10 years. (laughs) That's that's why it's a (laughs) big That's the audacious part. Yeah. Right. And the, the big part. Yeah, it's it is a lot of work. But what's the alternative? Do we want a construction company out of Houston to learn all of the algorithms for Facebook? Do we want a home builder to have to figure out TikTok? And if that's even right, or does it work or any of that? And so you look at these businesses and you, you say, well, what serves you better? I mean, you can go figure it out yourself and I can sell you another TikTok campaign or let me help you figure out all of the different moving parts and tell you confidently, TikTok does not work for you. And here's why. But have you considered this? And let's put some money into that and see if that works. But the backstory of everything is that you help people find their voice and say it loud. And to say, so when you are going all in on a campaign, on whatever pipe the social media platform is, they're saying the right thing to the right people in the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, we play on we play on something like 
50 something different channels right now. Yeah. I'll actually use myself as an example. So we wanted to run a campaign talking to landscapers and I'm very active on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. And I had been building a following for the couple of years and I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try some designated search campaigns on LinkedIn. My normal response rate is usually in the like 40 to 60 percentile. Like, oh, yeah, that's good. And it, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it, it hits, it works. And for a lot of my clients, that is like the platform. It works. I'm like, I want to check this out for landscapers. <laughs> and so I start running some strategic stuff on LinkedIn and I get 1% out of uh, several hundred invites. I'm like, see, that's really good to know. It's right. not happening on LinkedIn for this demographic. Right, go to where so your customers like are. like a whole pivot, yeah. yeah. And so putting myself in the seat of a business owner as my client, well, they may have been just burning and spinning wheels on pay-per-click, like Google AdWords or something. And maybe their clients there, maybe they're somewhere more effective and more efficient to get to. Mm-hmm. Well, let's roll into the lightning round, Tim. I, I appreciate you sharing all the all that wisdom and value bombs with us. So we're going to ask you five questions real quick. Answer each one 30 seconds or less. All right. You Come ready? On, hit me. Okay. So what? this is Aggie Growth Hacks. So what is your favorite hack? Either business, personal hack, what you got for me? 30 seconds. Okay. Favorite growth hack is outsource your bookkeeping. When I stopped just messing around tweaking my QuickBooks is when I actually started making substantial gains. I have a hard time sticking it to my client when I'm like, hey, the contract's set and I need payroll done. The minute that I outsourced, hey, this is bookkeeping. They're going to collect. Can I introduce you? That was a growth moment for me. Nice. Nice. Question number two, what is one book, podcast, or YouTube channel that you get a lot of value out of? One book that podcast or YouTube channel that I get a lot of value out of. Right now, I'm reading a, The Snowball System by Mo Bunnell, Burnell, like that. And that's about business development and meeting people in whatever arena of thought that they, they match with. And I also had a friend recommend Seven Figure Agency to me yesterday. So that's going to be my next read. Sweet. Nice. Who is the author of Snowball System? Mo, M-O, Bunnell, B-U-N-N-E-L-L, I believe. Okay. Tim, the Aggie Network is probably one of the, the things that ties us all together, but is extremely valuable. Is there anyone in the Aggie Network that brought a lot of value to you and you just want to say thank you? Yeah. In the Aggie Network, I have enjoyed my time with both of you guys, of course. So present company excluded. Have to, but that's no. no. Okay, no, right. <laughs> no, that's good. Cut, move on. A, a guy named Chris Lyon has been a whole lot of fun to yeah. hang out with. Chris and, great, dude. and Steve Tinkle, both of them. I oh, yeah. enjoy both of those guys' minds and helping me think through the issues at hand and not just see a problem at its surface. Nice. So how can the Aggie Network support you moving forward? Well, currently I'm looking for landscapers and actually what I'm really looking for. (laughs) Do you need a mower, a mulcher? I don't. don't. No, my son is, he's kind of crushing it as I'm, well, actually he's not. (laughs) No, what I'm looking for or looking to connect with is if you have a van that pulls up to a house and services that house in substantial ways, fixes their problems. 
you're somebody I really want to talk to. Awesome. So how can that person get in touch with you? Well, through our website, which I'll leave, I guess, in a link to this podcast that, you know, my email is also good. I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn as well. You know, pretty much any of the substantial channels, all, all roads lead to my cell phone. Well, that just about wraps it up for the Aggie Growth Hacks episode with Tim Douglas at Fidelis Creative Agency. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on here and sharing everything that you did with us. It was pretty awesome stuff. And I hope that everyone grabs something from this episode and runs with it. Oh, man, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I, by the way, completely appreciate what y'all are doing with the Aggie Growth Hacks. This is I got a good thing going and I really hope that you guys keep it up and like bring all that value to all of your listeners. Y'all are doing awesome. Right on. Well, how about that, Ags? That is what you call some good bull right there. There are some valuable hacks that Tim shared with us. What was your favorite, Greg? Chris, I think the thing that when Tim was talking about it that really struck me was when he talked about systems and trust. And what I mean by that is he talked about, you know, COVID really didn't impact them too much as far as operationally. They they were already geographically separated and able to go virtual, but he had a system in place and he trusted that system, trusted his people. And because of that, he was able to actually capture more business and then help bring real value to his clients by helping them build systems and helping them have deeper trust with their team and with with the people that they serve. What about you, Chris? You know, I, I fully agree with you. Systems are so important to every single business out there. And a business like his is, you know, 100% needs systems in place in order to grow. Mine was easy. Start with why by Simon Sinek. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, yep. so if... Y'all have not listened to that book or read that book. I highly recommend that you go to YouTube and watch Simon Sinek's TED Talk, right, called Start With Why. And what he presents there is basically that you start with why you are even in business, right? Mm -hmm. Why do you even exist? What, do you, what, what is your purpose? And build out from there on your mission statement and really for the whole business and, and how you operate your entire business. One of the primary things that it talks about in that speech, which is it's a five-minute speech, go watch it. 100% you need to if you haven't. I send it to every single one of my clients, but the, the number one thing that he talks about in there as an example is Apple. They, instead of saying, hey, we're a computer company that you know sells iPods, right? These things that you can listen to music on. Right. They instead come out and say, we're different. And because we're different, we build all of this great stuff that you're going to want, right? We just happen to sell. And, and I, I'm completely butchering that. But at the same time, it's it, that's essentially what they say. We're different. And so therefore, we build all of these things that you're going to want, okay? Like computers and phones and stuff like that. Dell cannot say something like that because they don't start with why. They say, hey, we build computers. Here you go. Here's some computers, Yeah, right? But I think that both Tim and his brother's Mark's background and philosophy, mm -hmm. yep. you know, that really they connect that better than probably anyone else that I've seen. I agree. And go listen, go watch that TED Talk. It, it is transformational to most businesses that watch that five-minute video. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I hope that you enjoyed us, and we hope that you'll leave us a, a rating, a one-star. We'd love a five-star, but whatever star rating <laughs> at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbeam, wherever you found us. And I hope that you 
Also go out and check out our website. It's aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear all of our episodes. You can connect with us and who knows, maybe get featured on a future episode. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies, Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head on over to their website, find a program that's right for you. Just search up the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head on over there right now. Join us next time when we connect with another Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them. Whoop.